Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and with me, as always, is the man with the plan, the man who always seeks the next treasure from El Dorado. <laughs> it's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure people already know what that reference is to. Um, if they uh, caught you on stream last week, and if not, um, they uh, they will get it when we uh, do what we've been playing. Yeah. Um, it's been kind of a slow week, so uh, our apologies if this episode is going to be a little bit short. But there hasn't been a lot of big. Re- like big announcements or big reveals. Um, I guess uh, everybody's holding all their cards until the Game Awards, which is, if you're listening to this as this episode drops, tomorrow night. Um, or in the middle of the night if you're in Europe, or actually at night if you're listening to us from the US. Um, and if you're listening to us after the fact, um, wow, wasn't that something? Wasn't that reveal amazing i did not expect that world premiere did you I uh, but i'm confused because the this episode goes live the day before yeah oh okay so I, i'm i'm doing that for the people that listen to our episodes after it went live <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry <laughs> yeah so yeah um there is some stuff to talk about at least so that's good actually since we're talking about the game awards let's start with that uh little bit of a un, uh, unexpected twist. Um, so Jeff Keighley, the uh, the host, the uh, master of ceremonies. Of the Keighley Awards. The, of the Keighley Awards, or the <laughs> Keys, as I like to call it. The uh, Dorita Pope, as the internet oh, um, that's, ordained I totally it, forgot about that. A, a couple of years ago. Um, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he... Uh, he he got into some, I guess, would you just call it hot water? Um, he got into a little bit of controversy um, about a, uh, about a thing that we've been covering for the past what year now with the whole Activision Blizzard um, unpleasantness, to say it very nicely, um, and uh, fire Bobby Kotick. Um We've uh, uh, spent a lot of words on the situation, I guess. <laughs> we have spent very, very many words on the situation. And I honestly am surprised that we're still talking about this, especially in this capacity, because recently um, Jeff Keighley had an interview with, uh, I want to say, oh, yeah, the Washington Post. I was about to say Vice, but that's not it. He had an interview with the Washington Post where... Um, you know, Activision Blizzard came up because they have some nominations at the awards. Um, you know, like um, company um, unpleasantness aside, right? At the end of the day, the people working on the games, um, some of them are scumbags, but some of them were legitimately there because they love the games that they make. They love being game developers. And I respect that. Um, it is very cool to make a video game. It is a lot of hard work. And getting recognized for that hard work is something important that I don't think a lot of people um, maybe not understand or even appreciate. So it is nice that the Game Awards exist for this purpose. So they were talking about, um, you know, the whole the hell Activision, Activision Blizzard thing, and um, Jeff Keighley brought up that he wanted to, that they're uh, navigating the situation with Activision Blizzard, um, and they were going to be taking a neutral stance on it at the Game Awards, uh, where you know they, they want to support the developers obviously, but they don't condone essentially what you know the hard, the higher ups, fire Bobby Kotick, um have wrought. <laughs> I will speak it into existence if I have to. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of weird for him to say that in an interview, that the Game Awards will be taking a neutral stance on it. Um, which is weird, because when the whole Kojima-Konami thing happened, he was very quick to uh, 
He was um, very call out vocal Konami. about it. Yeah, very vocal. I mean, yeah. literally at the Game Awards, yep. he called Konami out. They even did um, like a, an honorary award, like the year after, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they like they he even mentioned that Konami tried to stop him from getting the award the year before. So he's like very vocal about it, almost like um, calling them out and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, like as a journalist, I think. You try need to try to keep some neutrality because you know you don't want to be all biased. Yeah. So you, at the other hand, I get it because you know Kojima is his friend, and he felt like he needed to stick up for him, especially for all the, you know, all the hard work he has done for Konami, regardless of his working, like his work ethics at Konami and whatever beef he had with Konami, he still wanted to stick up for his friend. So I get that part, but still, and also people are so quick to agree with Jeff Keighley on that. So the whole backlash on this is also kind of hypocritical from like everybody else. Don't get me wrong. Him taking a neutral stance on it is understandable, but at the same time also kind of feels hypocritical after what he did for Kojima. So um, I get where he's coming from. At the same time, one of the, I think the the company president, so not the CEO, but the company president of Activision Blizzard is on the board of the Game Awards. You know, just like every other company, uh, every other big company uh, from the industry has someone on the board of, uh, of the Game Awards. I mean, for Nintendo, it was Reggie until he retired. And I think it's Doug Bowser now. Um, so yeah, you know, like every company, like big company has someone on the board and Activision Blizzard's president is still on that board. Why he wasn't removed from that, um, position, I don't know. Um, he's still there and people are not happy about it and people were not happy with the interview. Um, and Jeff Keighley tried to damage control on his Twitter, um, account. So he posted a uh, whole thread about it. I'm going to read a little bit of an excerpt from uh, Kotaku. Um, basically, uh, he said, uh, you know, there's no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practices in any company or any community, which, you know, again, that's true. Uh, he also went on to say, I also realized we have a big platform which can accelerate and inspire change. Uh, we are committed to that, but we all, we are all we all need to work together to build a better and more inclusive environment for everyone uh, so everyone feels safe to build the world's best games, end quote. Um, which is absolutely 100% true, right? I mean, I don't think anybody can disagree with that statement. And it's good because right now, um, Activision Blizzard is not being featured in any capacity outside of the nominations. I don't know what they'll win and I don't know how they'll... Um, uh, you know, tackle that when they have to show people receiving their rewards. If uh, if like Call of Duty wins um, uh, an award in whatever they're nominated, I honestly do not really know what they're nominated in. I think, is it like, uh, if the awards are without the crowd, then it should be fine. If it's like, uh, if they do like online, the acceptance speech, but if it's like with people, then they well, might. it is in person, so it, there is an audience. Um, yeah, like so if there's actually an audience, there might get they might actually get booed if they win something. I don't know. Like, hang on a second, let me punch it up real quick. Because again, I mean, you can boo them, but I don't know. It would be kind of in bad taste. Yeah, but like the people, yeah, but people sometimes don't make that. Distinction. distinction yeah they're like you get the end the end of the day your pay gets signed by activision blizzard you are working for a horrible company it doesn't matter that you don't have anything to do with the abuse you're just working for this awful company you should just walk out i mean like it's not that easy i mean at the end of the day you know people fight hard to get these jobs and it's not as simple as um just leaving because it's not easy to get a job sometimes mm-hmm I'm pretty sure that um, those that left out of their own volition from Activision Blizzard, 
I'm sure they'll be able to land on their feet, um, especially the ones in higher positions, um, because of, because it's a small industry. Yeah, it's a small industry. People talk. People know where people are from. Everybody uh, knows it's each not other. Like, exactly. It's not like they'll be blacklisted, um, except for you know, the ones that um, basically did all the bad things. Well, the bad thing is, is that they, even they won't get blacklisted. They'll, in the end, they'll probably end up in, a, in another executive position at another company because that's generally how these things go. Yeah. Yay. Happy days. Happy days indeed. So, we'll see. Um, I can't really find anything right now about like what games they're nominated for. Yeah, I can't find anything right now. Um, but they are nominated for some stuff, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that was kind of weird, honestly. Um, what isn't weird, but probably is what people are weirding out about and freaking out about, <laughs> is uh, that uh, Sony is uh, working on their own version of Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this just before we went live. Like, the funny thing <laughs> is, is, I talked about this last year around this period where I said that Jim Ryan, in an interview with a Russian news outlet, had said, we are working on our own answer to Game Pass. We do not have anything to show as of yet, but we are definitely working on it because we see the market and the value and the and the value that customers hold to it. And then over like today or yesterday, Bloomberg publishes an article and then everybody goes wild. It's like, oh my God, wow. I'm like, but we already knew this people. So why is it a big deal now? I think part of it is because of the uh, details of what they call Spartacus internally at yeah. uh, Sony. I don't know why they call it Spartacus, but sure, maybe it's a God of War reference. Um, it's definitely a movie reference, so I'm not really 100% sure why they chose it. But yeah, um, hang on, let me grab this real quick. So yeah, so the Spartacus uh, subscription uh, will also come with various flavors depending on how much users are willing to spend. So basically, it'll have tiers. Um, it'll cover a bunch of different games. Uh, no day one releases, though, for new games. Nope. Um, it will be available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Uh, Which is good. <laughs> Which is good. So it starts with PlayStation 4. Um, it'll include... Uh, let me see. The, the cheapest tier will look a lot like the PlayStation Plus service. Uh, the second tier will add PlayStation 4 and eventually PlayStation 5 games. And the third tier will offer extended demos and game streaming, whatever that means, uh, I as think well it's... as PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, and even PlayStation Portable games, which is like, okay, that's a really interesting thing to add. I think it's because initially they said that ba what they're basically going to do is is they're going to combine PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus into one subscription service, and that's okay. where the the tier comes in with game streaming and PS1, 2, and 3 games because I think now with PlayStation Now, you can play those games. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's probably uh, what they're doing. I, I don't know if it's a proper answer to Game Pass. It depends on the second tier of PS4 and PS5 games. I mean, like, if the games get added with months or a year delay, yeah, then there's no... If, like, if they add Godfall to it, on the release, there's like nobody's waiting for that. Godfall if... is is actually out. If you have PlayStation Plus right now, and you're listening to this. It is available to you right now for PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. So if you wanna try it, you can. I guess I have no idea why you want to. Well, I have something about that as well, which I read this morning. Oh, okay. um, apparently, it is not the full game that you're getting. It is a well. The developer says it's not. But basically, they made this cut-down demo that's worth 15 bucks, And it, uh, it has, like, uh, three end-game activities, high-level characters with high-end gear. So you can get a feel and taste for the game. And if you really like it, then you can upgrade to the full version of the game. Uh, and a lot of people are, like, 
fans were angry about it because they're like normally a ps plus game is like a full game is yeah. not a is not a trial or anything and the developers like no 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 no, but it's not a trial it's uh it's just like a, a slice that we put together that showcases the best parts of the game and they're also going to do the release on pc and the epic game store in the coming week for it's free. a light version yeah so it's, it's basically a cut down demo or a trial version Wait, is it? Did he say that it's coming for free on PC as well? Yeah, but it's only available for a limited time for free on PC, and then it costs fifteen dollars. Yeah, that is bullcrap. I know. Oh my goodness! It's not even a good game. <laughs> uh, it's bad. not. No. Uh, please, like, please don't waste your time and gigabytes of like um download capacity on this just just play the other stuff that's on ps plus you'll be happier for it <laughs> but yeah um this sounds interesting enough depending on how much it's gonna cost yeah it's very interesting i i'm very intrigued with the psp angle i'm not 100 percent sure how they're going to be emulating those games but stranger things have happened I think uh, the, the reason that they're adding PSP emulation is because it's really easy to pull off. This also um, explains why they were so unbelievably eager to take down all those stores. Because then they can charge you for it again. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But I, think, I, I mean, mean, they still took down the PSP store, but you can still access the PlayStation 3 store on your yeah, PlayStation 3. And a Vita. And Vita. So yeah. that's something. They didn't add Vita to this. That's very interesting, isn't it? But maybe there that's because no there's still games that are being added to the Vita, like uh, no, because like they, I mean, yeah, smaller developers still are still making games for it. Um, but I don't think that would have stopped them from releasing it on the service. So, and there's a bunch of old games they could always rely on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'm really curious to see how this is gonna. How, uh, do you think it'll be at the Game Awards? That's my question. It would be because the there's perfect... a bunch of stuff that's rumored that might show up at the Game Awards. I think this might be one of it. I think it's the perfect place to announce it. Um, but if they don't, then they'll probably do like a state of play or a PlayStation showcase where they where they will announce it. But I think this is the best moment to do it because you're you're basically like capitalizing on the moment because. The rumors out in the wild and people are really curious about it and then doing an announcement next week around it would i think like help out really because it's already in out in the world and people are already talking about it instead of just being silent about it for months and then suddenly being like oh and this is our new streaming service or game service you know the one <laughs> we we you we rumors were talked about months ago yeah, yeah. So this is the perfect moment it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of rumors going around that what is going to be announced at the Game Awards. And that's one of them, obviously. Um, the other thing is also that... Um, oh my gosh, I'm double-compensating. There are a bunch of games that people are thinking is going to get a, a, an announcement at uh, the Game Awards. Um, there were rumors about Chrono Cross, this PlayStation 1 classic. Uh, JRPG, um, the pseudo-sequel to Chrono Trigger from the Super Nintendo, um, is going to get a remaster or a remake that'll be announced at the Game Awards. I'm not 100% sure, but like today, a collaboration dropped for a mobile game called Another Eden with a crossover event, the Chrono Cross of all things. Like It, it kind of comes, comes out of the blue and it makes absolutely no sense. Because Square Enix hasn't done anything Chrono Cross since Chrono Cross released, I think. There might have been some concerts, but, you know, mm. concerts are a dime a dozen. So it's kind of out of the blue, and this is giving more, you know, credence to that. Um, there's also another Sony, not really a rumor, but there was this patent that Sony filed for a handheld device. I saw that, um, yes. That is Switch-like, because, you know, everybody is doing the cool thing now. 
you know, like, oh, let's do it Switch like and, and uh, Steam Deck and stuff. Like Even Razer uh, 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 released like a concept device, a developer yeah, with, kit with, uh, with Qualcomm. Yeah, um, and that looks like a Switch. Snapdragon. Yeah, man, seriously, not even a good one too. Like the from the. Well, it has a 120 hertz OLED display, full HD, so it's a better screen than the Switch OLED. That may be, but it's still a mobile processor playing mobile games, not console games. I think the problem with with that market is that um, they're focusing on the wrong thing. No, well, like the, the funny thing is, is like the mobile gaming space is huge. There's literally billions in it because I know that like Fortnite brings in or used to bring in. I don't know how the situation is now, but it used to bring in billions, and a lot of those sales came out of mobile. So, like, if you're if you're looking at the situation and you're being like logical, you would say like as a game developer, you would want to make games for this audience because there's a lot of money in that audience and that market is growing but for some reason like rarely does a big triple a developer make a game for a mobile device um and i think it just has to do with fragmentation that the market is so fragmented because there are like a gazillion devices out there it's like pc development you have to optimize for so many devices you you can't just bring out the true potential of your game because you know it has to run on a potato and it has to run on the latest galaxy phones or whatever and like so you have to strike a balance <laughs> there you know and i think that yeah. like that's why that market is just i wouldn't say doomed to fail but it's like really hard to make something that sticks out in that market because it's just so complicated. It's not like, oh, I have a Switch, I have a PS5 and an Xbox Series X version, and I'm just going to make my game and port it to all these three platforms. No, you just have to put so much more effort into it. And and developers don't have infinite money. So eventually they're like, yeah, you know what? We might as well not do it because it's just not worth it, you know? Oh, they still do it. They just have dedicated developers for it that do something on a low budget and... Yeah, but that's not the like, same. Like the most, like for the the most, um, the most successful games are basically the games that do literally the same thing. You know, the, the gotcha games. You know, the, the stuff with the collectibles and all that stuff. Because people like collectibles, whether they're digital or real. Yeah, and that will never go out of style, and that will always make money. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at. I mean, even Call of Duty and everything else has embraced that. You know, Apex Legends has embraced that with all the cosmetic stuff and the and the loot boxes and the loot crates and what and the, what do you call it and the battle passes. It's all the same thing. It's all from mobile. That didn't mm-hmm. originate on consoles. That's how they're making their money, and that does not necessarily mean that they have to have something that is elaborate and good looking. And most games are made with you know the touchscreen in mind and the the developer kit that they made for the Qualcomm Razer thing does have touch capability so you can play mobile games on it so it like it has access to the to the Google Play Store but the problem is most of those games are played vertically not horizontally yeah so it's kind of weird having this device that is a smaller it's a smaller thing than this, but you have to constantly play like this, yeah. and the but and the controllers are non removable for removable. Yep. So it's kind of weird. I don't know, like I don't know why Qualcomm thinks that they can step into the ring like that. I mean, Razer already stepped into the ring with their own, um, you know, gaming mobile phone. Which honestly, I don't think it's like the prettiest thing on the world, but it is pretty powerful for what it is. Yeah, and I think that one also uses a Qualcomm chip in it, but it's like not as powerful as the chip that they currently have in this dev unit that that's uh, that's going around. And it's not like the final design, but at least from the initial like, uh, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Impressions that I've read and heard like the buttons aren't perfect and the and the analog sticks aren't well the buttons are fine but the uh, the triggers aren't really great they're apparently very mushy and clicky or clicky and mushy 
<laughs> it's um, the same. Yeah, same thing. Uh, so, you know, but it's still a de developer kit. It's not like a final hardware, you know, no. that will go out to consumers if they do decide to go forward with it. They're just doing this to get developers interested in the idea. And then my question is, well, if developers get into the idea, um, do they think that they'll have like exclusive games for that system? I don't think so, because if you're, if you're a mobile developer, why on earth would you make something exclusive for one mobile device? When you I... can make so much more money if you just do what, what you just said and, you know, allow it to run on a potato and allow it to have touch controls. Yeah. I mean, like, there are some developers that make really good mobile games, but they're, like, really rare. Mm -hmm. And I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but the developers of Genshin Impact, MiHoYo, actually know what they're doing because their games, you know, run... Well, to be fair, their games tend to require a more high-end mobile game, mobile phone. So if you have, like, a budget phone, it will run on it, but I don't think it'll run on it optimally. Mm. But at the same time, if you connect a controller, to that that game is made to not be played with a controller when you're playing on a mobile device. Even if you connect a controller to it, it doesn't pick up the controller. I tried, believe really? me. Really? Yeah, it doesn't. It's super weird. Um, oh, I wouldn't expect that. But if you play on PlayStation 4, you know, you can use the controls because it made that version is made to be played on the PlayStation. Still waiting for that Switch version, though, but I don't think it's ever going to come, but who knows? Um, but yeah, like they know what's up. They know how to like optimize for the mobile platform and they make a lot of money, you know, yeah. like they make a lot of money on Genshin Impact. They make a lot of money on their previous game, Honkai Impact 3rd. And both games look surprisingly good for what they are, um, especially Genshin Impact, um, you know, like, so there are developers out there that are willing to take the risks the question is the, the the well not so much the question but the point is there are not a lot of those like you said yeah so the question is will those developers support something like this qualcomm's uh razor thing um, i don't think so in the long run i, I don't know i don't know right I don't now think it's so. in their hands um i don't know if we can really i i honestly i agree with you i don't think so I just don't know if that's the reality because a lot of people are like, well, the Switch is uh, doomed to fail. And then uh, yeah, but like it, even, just, it just kept being successful. I, I, mean, I talk about that. I listen to the Play, Watch, Listen podcast a lot. And mm. uh, on the podcast, there's Mike Bithel, who's a game developer himself. And he, he gives insight into how Game Pass works, for example, and how when new players enter the market and they want um to charter developers for their platform they just go out to developers and they offer them stuff so like in this case he was talking about a pretty big tech company that just went to all sorts of developers and said what's your dream game we just have a bag of money we need to burn and if you want to make uh your dream game we're here to fund it the only thing is we want it to be exclusive on our platform you know but like even if that doesn't persuade some developers to do it because you would say funding is always an issue. But even if that doesn't persuade developers to exclusively make a game for a certain platform, you, you start to wonder then what is, you know? Yeah. How, are, how is like a Snapdragon device going to win over all these developers if others have tried it by throwing money at the issue and they're like, eh, I'm good. I mean, look at Epic. They're still throwing money at it and they're losing money hand over fist. Yeah. They won't be making a profit on the Epic Game Store until what, twenty twenty six? Yeah, but they can they can take they can the afford loss. it. Yeah, they can yeah. afford it. Yeah, yeah, they can afford it. I mean, for now. Yeah. Um, let's see how that how let's see how long that lasts because yeah, um, the uh, the free the free weekly games like the quality have kind of dipped. Yeah. Uh, I don't even look at them anymore. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like I think this week's. We'll have to check. I think these trees is actually pretty good, pretty solid. And I have to remember to um, clean them before they're gone. Um, but, you know, the same thing goes for, I mean, we talked about, you know, like sales of consoles. And you would not believe which console um, 
one 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 sales during the the, the Black Friday sales. It wasn't the Switch. It was the Xbox Series X, right? It was the Xbox Series S. Yeah. You know why? Because of Halo, probably. No, because it's available. It's actually for sale. Oh, really? You can actually, it... yeah. You can oh. buy like if you walk into a store right now. I'm pretty sure you can see a stack of Series X and just pick one up and buy it. Yeah, I uh, I can imagine. I mean, like, uh, I, 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 for Halo Infinite, it's perfect. Yeah, it is. I mean, you don't necessarily need a powerful system. You just need one that runs it at 120 frames per second. And the Series S can do that. Yeah. I'm still kind of curious how Xbox development is still going at developers because I think they are kind of forced to like use the Series S as a base so that at the very least they can you know, maximize the output on the Series S and then optimize it for Series X. I think. I'm not 100% sure I'm not a developer. Me neither. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But it feels like they would have to do that because if they optimize for the Series X and then try to get it to run on Series S at 120 frames, they might run into some problems and it have have to take some longer time to optimize, where I think the opposite would be relatively easier to fix. But that's me. I don't know. I uh, I don't know the pipelines of modern game development. Uh, it's been a while since I had to learn stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it is interesting to see, and you know, kudos to Microsoft on that one, because they actually like. I think we've talked about this before in the past that the Series X S is kind of brilliant in its own way, despite the fact that. In terms of costs, um, they're probably taking a bigger hit than than uh, micro, uh, Sony is with you know the all digital version because it's like two hundred and how, what is it like three hundred bucks for the Series S? Uh, three, I don't know. Three hundred. I think it's uh, it's around. Two, it's three hundred or three fifty or something like that. I think it's around three hundred because the gap was a hundred bucks because you know you had like. The PS4 and the PS5 digital and disc is a hundred bucks, and I think with the with the uh, Series S and X is also a hundred bucks. Something like that. I can't remember. Hang on, let me check it real quickly. Series S. It's two ninety nine. Yes, two ninety nine. Two hundred and ninety nine euros. Yeah, new. And uh, you can get it right now. You can buy it. You can order one from Game In and you can have it home. Uh, well, not tomorrow. Tomorrow's, uh, uh, well, basically within 24 hours. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, I don't think you can buy a, like a Switch right now and have it in the next day. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, it is. It is available. That's true. Um, maybe not the OLED. Oh, also the OLED. Never mind. Okay. Thank you. Huh. Which begs the question. Can you buy the PlayStation? Nope! Of course not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait. Did the fortunes change? Of course not. Nope. And so, and also not for uh, the Series X. That's still uh, sold out. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to get something, get a Switch, um, regardless of which Switch. Apparently, the OLED is also available. Or get a Xbox uh, Xbox Series S uh, version. Which, again, is like a really good deal. If you get that and you get Game Pass, because I think right now, I don't know if it's still there, but during Black Friday, they had this deal for Game Pass where you can buy it for 100 bucks, and it's for a whole year I of think... Game Pass Ultimate. There is this hack that you can get Game Pass for three years for really cheap, and Microsoft has put it on their own website how to do it. I don't know if that's cheaper or not. What the? Oh, I'll need to take a look at that. That was like a, a thing they did a while back because a friend of mine <laughs> kept saying, like, if you want Game Pass, I know how to get it for cheap for three years. I'm like, whoa, okay. He's there. <laughs> yeah, he's like a really uh, excited Xbox uh, player. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody has their passion, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were saying... <laughs> oh, that's... 
Um, yeah, so I think um, the only thing left is a little bit of a battlefield update. Um, I didn't know how to segue to that. I apologize, but uh, it's okay. So, um, besides battlefield losing 70% of, of its player base on Steam, I think, in the last week. Uh, because of uh, the ongoing issues and um, all sorts of things. They've done a restructuring within DICE, or basically with the, with the Battlefield franchise. So what they did is they've put Vince Zampella, who we know as the, the former studio head of uh, the Titanfall studio, mm-hmm. uh, Respawn, in charge of the Battlefield franchise. They've kind of made like the Battlefield universe out of it. And they are adding multiple studios to the Battlefield development to create unique new Battlefield experiences. I always hate <laughs> terms. So, yeah. Um, the, the first thing is, is that there's a studio that's being built in Seattle, which has a former Halo lead designer or the Halo director in charge of the studio that's uh, going to help out with a new Battlefield experience. Mm -hmm. Then Ripple Effect, which is another studio that created the portal mode for Battlefield, is going to keep on supporting Portal, but they're also going to work on another Battlefield experience. Mm -hmm. There are hints or rumors that it's a free-to-play Battle Royale experience, kind of like Warzone. Um, Then DICE will keep on working on Battlefield 2042 together with Ripple Effect. Um, The studio head of DICE has left. He's going chasing other ventures outside of ea mm-hmm. whatever that means um new studio maybe new, yeah who knows so basically uh it's like a whole shake-up within and they want to bring the battlefield franchise to multiple formats so i think there's something like movies or internet videos or short form content or all sorts of stuff in the planning because um, it just really feels like they're going to take the Activision approach with Call of Duty and just try to churn out a new Battlefield every year. I honestly hope they don't because it's not worth it. I mean, like if they release Battlefield in this state and it's already horrible, imagine doing that every year. Um, that sounds like a bad time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, good grief. Um you know what? The whole universe thing just reeks of desperation, honestly, in my in my opinion. Because whenever a developer or a publisher is like about like, yeah, we're going to do this universe thing, it kind of feels like they're just scrambling for an answer. Um, the only thing I can say is that I'm glad that they did not bring up freaking like NFTs and freaking crypto crap. Because if they did, I would have like said, you know what? Like uh, like Ripperoni Battlefield, the Ripperoni EA. Um, I wish them well, but uh, no, not me. Uh, here's the thing: I'm not like I'm joking. I I joke about like oh you know like are you sure you like you like Battlefield? But I joke right about this. The, I don't want to see developers, um, you know, having to literally not see their family for years on end. And then bring out something that people like are gonna bag on and hate on because it's still a lot of hard work that they put in. I like to see them succeed. I like to see like gamers get the games that they feel like they deserve and that they do deserve for supporting a franchise for so long. I kind of wish higher ups would just back the flip off sometimes and just let the creatives do what they do best and be creative. Because yeah. I know that the developers can probably do like something really cool. I'm still waiting on a new bad company. Like I am legit, like a legit bring up back. You know what? At this point, bring up back company one two re- remasters. I think I that uh, that up. I think it it is in the planning that one of the, I think the studio in Seattle is supposed to work on single player experiences for Battlefield. Okay. So just just don't pull a rock star and we'll be good. Yeah. Or a CD project red. The funny so thing about uh, Rockstar is that um, they released a, a couple of patches for uh, the GTA collection and, and they post apologies. Yeah, and they've postponed the physical release because they really want to make sure that the game is uh, really polished. So like I think they delayed it with 10 mm. days or something like that, but the Switch physical version is coming out next year now. 
Yeah. Um, the pat the patches for the Switch version are also right behind the patches for the the bigger consoles, but at least they're on their way. I honestly don't know how they're gonna fix it in general, but at least they are fixing it. Yeah. Um, and that's good because I think the first patch that they released had like a hundred bug fixes, which is like really a hundred. Yeah. You had a hundred bugs at the very least. And you still allowed it to release in that in that state. That is money grab grubbing up on a level unbecoming to a to a to a, a, a company like that. But then yeah. again, companies they want the dollar dollar bills, so they do. Yeah, I mean at least they're doing something. But it just I just wish they under just understood taking a risk and taking a delay, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's okay, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I haven't bought it, and I don't think I'm gonna buy it anytime soon. Cause... I'll uh, buy it in a sale in a couple of months when I know it's really polished. Yeah, I mean, if it's five euros, I'll pick it up. Sure. <laughs> they can wait. Oh yeah, yeah, I am not even kidding. Like, unless it's like below ten euros, I ain't picking anything up. That's okay. Uh, I mean, I... again, I'm not dissing the developers. It's just they were put in an awkward position. And they also kind of, to be fair, they also kind of have a have a reputation of not putting out the best product. But that doesn't mean that the people that worked that worked on it didn't do their darndest. Yeah, I have to believe that at least. Oh well. Well, all right. Um, I think that is about it uh, yes. for the news, unless there is like some sneaky breaking news coming through. I don't know. <laughs> if anything, I wish I had some, but I don't. No, the only other thing that I can can say is that uh, the first update to the, the Nintendo Switch Online uh, Plus expansion pack is coming uh, December tenth, which will bring Paper Mario, which I like, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. I read that. Hopefully, the emulation on that is a little bit better than what's on the rest, uh, and I hope that they fix the emulation on the rest. That would be nice. Um, I haven't encountered any issues playing any of the N- N64 games. I know that some people have. So there's that. But uh, other than that... Uh, oh, and Reggie is actually going to be host, uh, presenting an award at the Game Award. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They always keep reeling him back in. And the first thing that people ask is, where's Mother 3? <laughs> Even though he doesn't work at the company anymore. Give him some break, man. He's on, He's he's retired. He must. Cut him some slack. <laughs> yeah. All right. But with that, we will be right back with what we did play. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second and final segment of this episode of Game Rivals, uh, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templer, what have you been playing? I, uh, I've i been playing a bit more of uh, Far Cry 6. And, um, I mean, it's a really fun game. I, I ju- It just keeps on going, and I just finished the first region. So now I'm like, at the first start of the game, there's like this mini island that you begin on, and you kind of like learn the basics. And then you get like the leader of the resistance telling you like we, there are three families that we need to help to, to help join our cause, and with that way we can overthrow the dictator. Blah 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 blah. And then I fin- I got the first family to join me, and now I'm working on the second family. It was just like in a different region, different environment. It's really cool. Different types of missions. Um, I'm also getting more and more weapons and more uh, attachments to upgrade it. Um, one of the things that I do miss uh, is that, like, there are uh, you you can equip different types of bullets to your weapons because there are different types of enemies. So there's like enemies that are wearing armor, or there are enemies that are not wearing armor. So you have to give you different types of bullets to deal more damage. But for example, I have this DMR or this this like uh, semi sniper rifle to put it that way, and it has armor piercing rounds on it, and I can just I can. Because I headshot, I headshot an armored enemy, but I can also headshot a non-armored enemy. So it doesn't really make a difference for me, you know? And I have, like, <laughs> my assault rifle, which is on single shot, and I use that for non-armored enemies. 
but if you shoot armored enemies in the face, they still die. So it's like, it doesn't feel like I really have to use all these weapons. And there are so many weapons in the game, but there's not really like that I'm forced to use them, which is a shame. because different I, bullet types, right? Yeah, yeah. You have like uh, uh, armor-piercing bullets or poison bullets or explosive bullets or you have all sorts. I don't have the, the the exotic ones yet, like the armor, the the explosive bullets or the poison or whatnot bullets. But I wish like that they created more of these gameplay situations in which you're really forced to use certain types of weapons. Because I basically use like the same weapons that I had at the start of the game. I just found newer ones that are higher level, but it's not like it's changing up the combat a lot. So that's like yeah. a small thing that that's bugging me. But you know, it's okay. It's okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Ubisoft game. Come on. You know, uh, but yeah, that's as long cool... as it doesn't have Ubisoft towers, it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It has uh, it has like these surprise missions in it. There was one mission that I had to um, drop off some pills at multiple locations, and then when I got to the second one, I got ambushed by the dictator, and then I was so in. Uh, I had to watch this torture scene where they pull out your teeth. And they're trying to figure out, yeah, I don't know, where they try to figure out mm. where the resistance is and blah, 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 blah. So that was like, oh, okay, this is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I would definitely recommend the game. It's a fun game to play. You can co-op it with friends if you want. It's just yeah. a big, nice open world game you can enjoy. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for something like that, that's a definite recommend. And then I... Uh, I also started playing Halo Infinite multiplayer since it's free to play with a friend of mine. We played it on the PC. Mm -hmm. I used to play Halo multiplayer on the the Xbox in the day, so that was really nice with the controller. And I haven't played Halo multiplayer for years, but this feels really familiar, really balanced, really nice. Um, even for a noob like me, I could just get kills in. It has a nice variety of game modes, a nice variety of game maps. Uh, weapons are really balanced, at least from what I could experience. There's no like, like with with Warzone, the meta is constantly changing, and it really it often gets to this point where there's only one specific weapon that's the best, and everybody needs to use that weapon. And yeah. here, there's like a lot of different weapons you can use, and they really work well. Um, I really like that part about Halo. Um, yeah, the battle pass is still a bit grindy. I noticed. I haven't bought the battle pass, but I noticed that like. It's 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 a bit grindy, but they, yeah, they said they're gonna time. yeah they said they're gonna fix that. Um, it runs really well um, on 4K high. I was able to get almost near consistent 60 FPS, so it, like rarely dropped like one or two frames. So I dropped the resolution to 2560 because I just wanted that locked 60. Um, the friend of mine who was I was just talking about, he played it on his Series X on uh, 120 fps and he says like it's really nice it makes a big difference um so that's nice and uh yeah i think that's basically it i still need to finish finish yakuza 3 but i haven't gone play it because i was uh getting lost in yara killing uh or, or leading a revolution so um along with Huap. Yeah, uh, yeah, or with uh uh Horizo or i i now have a new Horizo. companion companion oh. He's a, he's a dog. His name is Boom Boom. He's also really funny. Another dog? Yeah, yeah. So, like, Horizo is uh, is like a disabled dog. So, he's like on wheels, his he's back so legs. Cute. He's really cute. And uh, this uh, this one is Boom Boom, is like a, is a normal gray dog. He's, uh, he's, a, funny, uh, he's a funny dog. It's like you can pet your pets and you can feed them and, you know, you can interact with them. They're like little details in the game that make it really nice. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Uh, not a lot. I mean, still the same thing. I'm still uh, playing Animal Crossing pretty much daily. Uh, I missed a few days here and there, mostly because of work and other unrelated stuff. Um, but I try to log in every day because I want I want the gyroids. Can't get enough. Ah, yes, I remember. They are so freaking awesome. I love it. I just I, I have three rooms right now with different setups of gyroids playing music and they're grooving to it and they're playing music with the music and they're complimenting the music and it's just awesome. I love gyroids. Uh, they're the best thing ever. They nice. just they just heal your soul. Wow, no? okay. Um, yeah. And I, I was streaming recently um, Animal Crossing and I know that I, it's surprising. So, okay, a little bit of story time. 
So I recently got a new gaming chair. If you you may have may have not have noticed here, this thing right here. Um, so if you're listening to it, it's a gamer chair. It's a black and red one. Um, it has the the logo of the company on it, and it has those cushions on it, both for the lumbar and for the head. Um, it's one of those, and. I didn't even notice this, despite the fact that I already had this item in Animal Crossing. So Animal Crossing added a bunch of new items with the version 2.0 update that came out um, three, weeks, three, four weeks ago. And one of them is a gaming setup, so a piece, gaming PC with four monitors. And one of them is a gaming chair. <laughs> now, the chair does come in different colors, obviously, because gaming chairs come in different colors. I just happened to have gotten one from... Our good friend Liam, again, shout outs to Liam, as always. Our Animal um, Crossing master. Our Animal Crossing master, our Horizons master, because <laughs> um, he also likes uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. Um, check out yeah. his stuff on his Instagram. He's uh, He posts some really awesome uh, Horizon uh, yeah. photography. Um, and it you can call it photography because it lo- really looks like a photographer was in that environment. And he sent me a gaming chair. It was a black and red one. And I recently bought a black and red one. So I had this gaming chair in the game for a while. And I bought this one because it was Black Friday and they had Black Friday sales. I was actually going to buy the blue one. But I was like, you know what? Red is more my color. It fits me better. Um, It's a better complement to my um, facade and complexion. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm going to get the red one instead. The black and red one. It's fine. It looks nice. So I put it together. And then I went on and then I went on a stream the following day. So I was playing it and I went upstairs. I was showing the stream my uh my little humble abode in Animal Crossing. And I went upstairs where the gaming setup is with the gaming chair. And it's literally this chair. Every single detail is exactly the same. Except <laughs> for the one in Animal Crossing where the 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 accents, the lines, they're red on mine. But on in Animal Crossing, when you sit up, it lights up red. So oh, wow. if it's just standing there, the edges are black because it's off. When you sit on it, it lights up and it's red. Fancy. I was like, I was losing my mind on stream. Like, <laughs> if you go back to the VOD, I'm pretty sure I'm going to clip it and put it on my, on my YouTube and on my Instagram because I lost my, I lost my marbles. With it, because like, oh my goodness, like, why is this the same chair? It's so creepy and uncanny. <laughs> oh, but I am happy with the chair. It, I love it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a GT player, uh, racing gaming chair. Um, took a while to put together. Uh, wasn't that expensive? Thank you, Black Friday. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, the stream was really fun. Um, you know losing my mind uh so i played that i also played kerbal space Corps program oh nice been a while yeah. it has been a actually it's been like over almost a year because the last oh, time damn. i played it was on stream um so i played it again and i don't know why and i don't know how but i am grateful for it a lot of people still dig watching kerbal space program streams so I instantly had a bunch of people just coming in uh, uh, on that one. Also had a, a a raid come in, so I was really grateful for that. that nice. nice, yeah. And uh, yeah, played a little bit of Kerbal Space Program. I started a new save file and I started a new career file because I just wanted to get back into the feel of things before I try and get to the moon. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's spelled M U N. I know, I know. It's still <laughs> just funny to hear. Yeah, so the so I uh, I got some tips uh, as always. Like the the Kerbal Space Program community on Twitch is like one of the best because they'll always they're always ready to give you tips on how to do stuff and um, you know put your mind at ease. Like because it seems like an impossible task to essentially do rocket science, um, even if it is like scaled down, um, it's still rocket science. It's not yeah. easy um, putting together a competent uh, spacecraft and having it at the very least even going into orbit let alone to a whole celestial body um that's orbiting the planet uh you can you you kind of 
get the respect. You kind of understand why, like, the respect NASA and its scientists deserve and every other, well, most other uh, space companies. Um, we won't mention certain other ones that are owned by billionaires. Um, <laughs> although SpaceX actually does a good job, so, you know, kudos to them. Um, but yeah, like space travel is like rocket science is hard uh, and yeah. like rocket design is not an easy thing. So, you know, like respect to those that stuck around with Kerbal Space Program for all these years and still enjoy playing it and still, you know, hang out in the community and likes to support the community and puts out awesome like uh, videos and, and, uh, and tutorials on how you can get to the moon or go to other celestial bodies in the Kerbal uh, solar system, because it is a whole solar system. And you can, like, send spacecrafts toward them if you know what you're doing. I did it once. I sent a, uh, a, a satellite to orbit the sun. Oh, nice. Which was so scary. Because <laughs> No, because if you mess up once, right, it's just a matter of time that it's going to collide with a planet and, you know, or, you know, get caught into the well of the sun, the gravitational well of the sun, and then just basically spiral into the sun. So it was really cool to do that back then. I want to do something like that again. Um, I want to go to the moon. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be streaming it soon, but I will be streaming Kerbal Space Program more because I do miss it and I do love it. Um, and I have the ability to do so. So, you know, it's like, why not? I don't like playing it for a while and then stopping and then playing it for a while and coming back because then I lose that feeling of how to build ships and to navigate them. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been mostly playing. I also played, uh, um, Burnout Paradise because I got it on sale, uh, during the cyber, you know, the cyber deals. Uh, Black Friday, and I won a copy of Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2. Ah, the remember. deluxe version. Nice. Yeah. Been being, playing that as well. Enjoyed the crap out of it. it uh, again, Tony Hawk Pro Skating. How the heck did I play this when I was a kid? I had way more dexterity <laughs> <laughs> to pull off the tricks. Now I'm like, uh, can I even pull off the tricks? Oh my goodness, the, the, the finger gymnastics that I have oh, to do man. to pull off the tricks and it's like oh it's it feels so good and then the soundtrack oh my goodness the soundtrack is so nostalgic i listen to that stuff and it's like oh man i'm back i'm back in the year 2000 and i'm playing tony hawk pro skater 2 on the playstation and using the unlock code to play a spider-man dang it I really oh, that. man nice oh um so yeah that's what i've been playing um more animal crossing burn up paradise went into space and uh, shredded some uh, <laughs> shredded some uh, rails. Nice. And did some uh, did some pop some ollies and uh, pop shovets and whatever other kick flips. skateboarding kick flips kick, skateboarding terminologies that I did. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, so I think that's it for this episode again. Uh, Sean, will you do us the honors? I will try, as always. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Game Rivals. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google, Stitcher, uh, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, we will put the uh, link uh, to the dis in the description of the episode here. Uh, it goes live on the same day as the, the audio version goes live. Um, you can find us on uh, Twitter, game underscore rivals underscore. You can find Maximilian on Twitter at Maximilian. Um, you can reach us through email, uh, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore X or Sean Templer. Um, you can find us on Instagram at gamerivals and at Maximilian underscore X. And I think I've got them all, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, no, well, actually, I no no question of the week this week um, for the Spotify listeners because we're going to be doing one 
for our last episode of the year. Okay. Um, because, you know, game, I mean, literally this episode goes up a day before the game uh, awards. The game awards. So it's kind of pointless to do a question of who do you think will win game of the year? I think we'll post a similar question like that or ask what your game of the year is uh, in, uh, in, uh, in about uh, two weeks. So look forward to that. Um, we'll try and make it something special for the last episode of the year. Um, so please stick around for that. And thank you, as always, for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to share it. Um, don't forget to uh, rate us on whatever podcasting service that you're on if they support rating. Um, we always appreciate it when you share it with other people. Um, also, don't forget to leave a comment. Um, click on subscribe. Um, give us a like if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's it. On that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And I have been and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later.